Hey everyone, Mundo here. If you would like to support the show, please head to patreon.com slash crimeandcourtusa. Yo, what's up everyone, and welcome to episode 29 of Crime and Court USA. I'm recording this on December 1st, 2021. I'm your host, Mundo Carrillo, your boy Moondog. Hope you guys are doing well. Hope you guys had a great turkey day. I know I did. Turkey sandwiches for days, you know what I'm saying? Hope you guys are staying safe too because the uh, Omicron variant of the coronavirus is coming for us all. It looks like actually today, the first case was found in the U.S., in California. It was in someone who had just returned from South Africa, where the variant was first detected and was first spreading. I think this person was vaccinated and is recovering from minor symptoms, according to some news reports. Researchers are a little worried about this one because it's new and there's just not enough data as to whether... The vaccines will be strong in fighting against it. I, I hope it is. <laughs> I hope they are, rather. So yeah, they just they just don't have any data on that. They said it might take a while to really see if the vaccines are effective or if the formulas need to be changed a little or something like that. So uh, yeah, it looks like we're in this pandemic a little longer, folks. Just a little longer. I know in South Africa or in Southern Africa where it was first detected, I know there was a lot of vaccine inequality, so not a lot of people vaccinated. That may have had something to do with it. We'll see. But for now, looks like we got to be on our best behavior still, which really sucks. But it is what it is, I guess. All right. We have a few big trials to talk about this week. But first, we do have a sad story out of Michigan. A student opened fire at Oxford High School in Pontiac, Michigan on Tuesday. Three students died at the scene and another died at a hospital on Wednesday. Two other students are in critical condition. One of the victims, a 16-year-old, died in a patrol car as deputies were taken into a hospital. The suspected shooter is 15-year-old sophomore Ethan Crumley. He was taken into custody without any resistance at the school, but he is not cooperating with the investigation, so his motive is unclear at this point. Crumley reportedly fired 15 to 20 shots with a handgun that his father bought just four days before the shooting, so that's pretty strange. We'll see what comes out in the coming days, although Crumley is in custody and he has been charged. And this is just the kind of thing that kids have to worry about these days. You know, I know Columbine happened in 1999, over 20 years ago, but it seems in more recent years, like, kids have had to really worry about a shooting happening at their school. In fact, I, just a few years ago, I think after Parkland in 2018, I went to Santa Fe High. The students were staging a die-in, where they basically all laid on the ground for several minutes to kind of uh, demonstrate that, you know, that they don't they don't want to worry about these school shootings. And they seemed like legitimately worried. I was there on assignment, by the way, for the Albuquerque Journal. And yeah, they seemed legitimately scared that this could happen. And it can happen. This happened in New Mexico at a, a Rio Rancho high school. A kid opened fire in the hallway. Didn't hit anyone, thankfully, but my cousins went to school there. So even just me, I, I know people who were involved in a school shooting. And even just this last... Uh, Earlier this school year in New Mexico at a middle school in Albuquerque, a kid brought a gun on campus and shot and killed another kid. It's it's crazy. Not something that we really had to worry about back in our day. Well, 
actually, when I was a senior in high school, back in 2006, I went to a, a Catholic school and right down the road was a big public high school. And we had heard like, while we were in class, there was a shooting at Santa Fe High. And we were like, what? Like a shooting at Santa Fe High? That's crazy. And it later turned out that it actually happened outside a library near Santa Fe High. And it's also right by a middle school. And uh, the kid that got shot was actually my cousin's boyfriend. He got shot in the leg. He's fine. And um, <laughs> they actually, they're still together. They, they have kids now and all that, big kids. One of their kids added me on Facebook, which is crazy. But anyways, not really something we had to worry about so much. But um, yeah, something that kids have to worry about these days. And over the last few years, some states have passed legislation to make it harder for kids to get guns. Some states will charge the parents if the kids get a hold of a gun and commit a crime. The shooting that I mentioned in Rio Rancho, that kid's parents were actually charged. So yeah, there is some legislation changing because clearly something needs to be done. What that is, I don't know, but uh, maybe these, these guns just need to be locked up and the parents need to be held accountable. So we'll follow this one as it goes along. Maybe Hopefully we don't have to cover another one of these ever. All right, let's get to those trials, shall we? So on Monday, opening statements began in the trial of Ghislaine Maxwell, who is accused of recruiting teenage girls to engage in illegal sex acts with Jeffrey Epstein. Maxwell is charged with one count of enticement of a minor to travel to engage in illegal sex acts, one count of transportation of a minor to engage in illegal sex acts, one count of trafficking of a minor, and three counts of conspiracy to commit those crimes. She was arrested in July of 2020 and faces 70 years in prison, according to lawandcrime.com. Maxwell was deemed a flight risk and was denied bail, so she's been in jail ever since her arrest. She tried to get out, I think a couple times, by asking for a ridiculous bail, like a multi-million dollar bail. The judge said, nah, and um, so she, she's been in prison this whole time, or sorry, in jail, rather, this whole time. The charges stem from four accusers who say Maxwell groomed them for sexual exploitation by Epstein when they were underage. Now, unlike recent trials, the recent big trials that we talked about involving Kyle Rittenhouse and the killing of Ahmaud Arbery, which took place in state courts in Wisconsin and Georgia, respectively, this trial is taking place in federal court where cameras are not allowed, recording devices of any kind are not allowed, so we can't see the proceedings. So I've been reading a lot of New York Times coverage since this trial is happening in Manhattan. So... Yeah, they've been doing a good job there. That's why also for these federal trials, you see these like goofy drawings of, of like the defendant in court. Like there's the infamous one of Tom Brady where he just doesn't look like Tom Brady at all. I've seen the ones of uh, Elizabeth Holmes, which we'll, we'll talk about her trial later, but they look pretty bad too. They're like comic book drawings or something. They almost look like a, like those kind of drawings. Um, I forget what they're called, caricatures, where you, you go to like a state fair or whatever and someone draws you looking all goofy. They almost look like that sometimes. I mean, whatever. That's the only kind of image we can get, but they're still kind of funny looking. Anyhow, prosecutors say Maxwell was a predator who recruited girls to satisfy Epstein's sexual desires, but her defense team says Maxwell was a scapegoat for Jeffrey Epstein. And it also seems like the defense team is also going to go after the, uh, the memories of the alleged victims. Epstein was arrested on sex trafficking charges in July of 2019 and <clears throat> killed himself in an infamous Manhattan jail about a month later. And that jail is actually closed right now due to ongoing issues, including Epstein's suicide and uh, just other issues as well. But apparently security there is pretty bad. He wasn't on suicide watch or anything like that. So the jail has come under a lot of scrutiny and it's now closed. Epstein was a financier 
who liked to flaunt his personal connections and was seen hanging out with notable people, including former U.S. Presidents Bill Clinton and Donald Trump, as well as Britain's Prince Andrew. I think Bill Gates was also seen partying with him, but he was just this rich dude who uh, hung out with a lot of notable people. Yeah, apparently um, also did a lot of sex trafficking, allegedly, with young girls, involving young girls. Uh, Now, Maxwell's attorneys are saying that the federal government is going after Maxwell because they can no longer go after Epstein because he is no longer alive. So the first accuser testified on Tuesday under the pseudonym Jane. She was only 14 when she met Maxwell and Epstein and when they started sexually abusing her, often at the same time. So according to her testimony, she lived in Florida but was at a summer camp in Michigan in 1994. She said she and her friends were sitting on a bench when Maxwell walked by and the girls asked if they could pet Maxwell's Yorkie. Uh, Soon those friends left and it was just Maxwell and the victim sitting on the bench and that's when Epstein came over and joined them. Now when she returned back to Florida, uh, she said she began visiting Epstein's Palm Beach home by herself. Even though she was only 14, she said Maxwell was present when Epstein started sexually, I guess, assaulting her. I don't want to go into the details of that sexual assault, but yeah, it looks like there was some some touching going on before there was some full-on intercourse. And she said that not only would... uh, Maxwell sometimes get involved in that, but other people would get involved as well. And she's being cross-examined by the defense on Wednesday, as, as I'm recording. So, yeah, they're probably just going to try to go after her memory and stuff like that, make her look a little inconsistent in front of the jury. I imagine that's the strategy. It's still too early to kind of see where this one is going. Seems like the evidence is pretty strong. But, you know, with the defense attorneys attacking the memories... Stuff like that, that might be the strongest case to get into the jury's mind that, hey, maybe these girls aren't as reliable as we think they are. And, you know, maybe that will get her off. But I'm not sure. I think, I think it's too early to tell where this is going to go. So a little about Miss Maxwell. She is the daughter of British media mogul Robert Maxwell and grew up in a 53-room mansion. And she was a fixture in the uh, New York City social scene once she moved into New York. In fact, I Googled her. And when you Google her, it, you know, they have like someone's title, like actor, or musician, whatever. When you Google them, hers says socialite, which is crazy to me. That that could be like someone's title. Like that's what someone does is that they socialize. I guess that's a thing in bigger cities. Not a thing out here in Pecos, New Mexico. But <laughs> anyhow, apparently Maxwell and Epstein dated after Maxwell moved to New York in the early 90s. Actually, the first witness in this trial was Epstein's former pilot. And he said on the stand that... Their relationship seemed couple-ish, he said. Like, they seemed like a couple, but there didn't appear to be any romance involved. So, I don't know, maybe they had, like, a Jerry and Elaine (laughs) sort of thing going on from Seinfeld, where, like, they used to date, but then they kind of stopped, but still, you know, were close. I don't know. Jeffrey and Elaine instead of Jerry and Elaine? (laughs) I don't know. That's stupid. But um, they've been very close since the 90s. And Maxwell is also charged with perjury for allegedly lying during depositions in 2016 in relation to a lawsuit against Epstein, and she will be tried on those charges at a later date. Um, A deposition, so when you sue somebody, the lawyers do these interviews with the parties involved that are called depositions, and yeah, she's basically accused of lying during one of those depositions. So yeah, I I think it's too early to see where this one goes. I just wanted to make sure you guys knew that that was going on. It's a big case. Um, Since Epstein killed himself, this is the only time we'll see these allegations really play out in court. I know Jeff Epstein was, um, 
was convicted of similar crimes in Florida, but didn't really get any prison time. That was like a big controversy. But yeah, since he died after these latest these latest charges, this is going to be our, our moment to really see these accusations play out in court. I'll not really see because we can't see them because there's no cameras, but uh, we'll get to read news reports about them. So yeah, we'll see what happens. All right, let's go on to the next trial to keep an eye on, and that is a trial for Theranos founder Elizabeth Holmes, and that's still going on. I talked about that about three months ago. Still happening. So, <laughs> yeah, it's a long one. It's a financial trial. Those ones, those ones are tricky. So her four-day direct examination finally ended on Monday, and who knows how long the cross-examination will last. Apparently, she's getting grilled by the prosecution right now as we speak, or as I speak, rather. Yeah, I think we're a long ways from a verdict on this one because she'll be cross. She was on the stand for four days, direct examination, right? That's where she was questioned on the stand by her own defense team. So now the prosecution gets to come in and cross examine her. And I don't know, I read a, just read a Yahoo article about it. And I don't know, people think it's, it's not going to look good. You know, I always say it's, good. it's a risky move to put the defendant on the stand because once they get cross examined by that prosecution, you don't know what's going to happen. You know, they, the case can completely blow up in your face. So, yeah, yeah, we'll have to wait probably a little longer for a verdict, maybe probably late next week. I don't know. I mean, she's going to be on the stand for probably a few days getting crossed. And then we're going to have to have closing arguments for probably several days. And then the jury is going to get it and they're going to deliberate for probably several days. So, yeah, this this one might be a while out. Anyways, she uh, faces several counts of fraud for getting people to invest in her company, Theranos, that promised to have technology that could perform several hundred blood tests for just a few drops of blood. The company, which was once valued at $9 billion, shut down in 2018 after regulatory and media investigations found that the technology didn't work, basically, and that she was just using regular blood test machines to, to do the tests. Now, on the last day of her cross-examination, Holmes said that she left Stanford at age 19 to not only start the company, but because she was raped. She also said her ex-boyfriend, Sonny Balwani, who is also facing the same charges she is, sexually assaulted her. They had met in China after she graduated high school, and she was 18 and he was 38. Nothing illegal about that, I suppose, but still kind of weird. It's a big, it's a big age difference. Um, and Holmes's team had argued that Balwani abused her and influenced her to make the decisions that led to the fall of the company, that he uh, manipulated her basically and forced her to have sex with him when she didn't want to. And that's probably their biggest defense, uh, I, as far as I can tell, is that it was actually Balwani kind of making the decisions and pulling the strings. And, you know, Theranos was kind of, I'm sorry, uh, Holmes was kind of a puppet. But we'll see how, we'll see how this cross-examination goes. That might... That might swing the jury completely the other way, but we'll see. As I was saying, the trial has been going on for about three months. That's because financial crimes are really tough to prosecute, in my experience. I mean, the evidence isn't like a, you know, a dead body with a bolt wound or something. It's just financial documents, like crazy. I, I covered a financial trial once where this guy was, you know, defrauding rich people in Santa Fe out of lots and lots of money. And I remember the prosecutor just walking in on the first day of trial with just boxes and boxes and boxes of, of evidence. You know, this is all like paper trail kind of stuff, not blood trail kind of stuff, so to speak. So these are always pretty tough. They usually take a while. A lot of evidence, a lot of witnesses, a lot of boring stuff, honestly, right? I mean, who wants to talk about financial documents? Yeah, I, I feel bad for anyone that has to like investigate or prosecute any of this stuff. You know, like law enforcement and prosecutors, they have to go through all these these documents. That seems kind of rough, but... uh. 
Gotta do what you gotta do, I guess. We'll keep an eye on this. Might not have a verdict for a while. All right, next story. Jury selection has already started for former Minnesota police officer, for the former Minnesota police officer who shot Dante Wright. Kimberly Potter shot and killed Wright, a 25, I'm sorry, 20 year old black man, during a traffic stop in Brooklyn Center in April. Brooklyn Center is near Minneapolis, Minnesota, and uh, Miss Potter is white. Wright was pulled over for having expired tags, but was later handcuffed because he had a warrant on some misdemeanor counts. He actually broke away from those handcuffs and tried to get into the driver's seat of his car. That's when Potter repeatedly yelled, taser, 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 presumably to give a warning that uh, Wright was about to be tased. Instead, she grabbed her handgun. She had a, her handgun on one side of her hip and her taser on the other side of her hip. She grabbed her handgun instead and shot Wright once, killing him. She was arrested a few days after that on manslaughter charges. So I'm not sure when the opening arguments, or opening statements rather, are going to take place, but... um. If there's anything good in that trial, I will uh, update you all next week. And of course, this shooting happened near Minneapolis when the Derek Chauvin trial was, was going on. Derek Chauvin, of course, convicted of killing George Floyd, a black man, in May of 2020, is now serving a lengthy, lengthy prison sentence. Okay, that's enough. That's enough trials. Let's talk about that rust shooting in Santa Fe County in my backyard. So, according to a search warrant affidavit, and shout out to uh, my homie Matt Risen for the Albuquerque Journal. He was the first one to have the story, as far as I can tell. And the Albuquerque Journal is, of course, my old stomping grounds. So, according to his reporting, the uh, weapon supplier for Rust may have given armorer Hannah Gutierrez Reed live ammo before the fatal shooting. According to this search warrant, the owner of PDQ Arm and Prop in Albuquerque told Santa Fe County deputies that he may have mistakenly given Gutierrez Reed the live rounds that killed cinematographer Helena Hutchins and injured director Joel Souza. Deputies executed a search warrant at the Albuquerque business on Tuesday, and the sheriff's office has said in the past that it has recovered live ammo from the set. To kind of recap the shooting, Alec Baldwin, who was the star of this Western star and producer, he was practicing a, a scene where he draws a gun. They, they were inside a, a church. And uh, he was practicing a scene where he draws a gun, and when he was practicing, the gun fired a live round that hit Hutchins right in the chest and then hit Joel Souza in the shoulder. Hutchins was airlifted to a hospital in Albuquerque and was pronounced dead, and Souza was treated for his wounds at a hospital in Santa Fe. And still, no charges have been filed. So this just getting keeps getting crazier and crazier, like the line of uh, people who may have messed up, you know, just keeps getting longer, so... This guy may have given live rounds to the to the armorer, Hannah Gutierrez Reed. The armorer is in charge of all like the props and or like the, all the the guns and explosive stuff on set, making sure that's all safe and ready to go. So this guy may have given live ammo to her, and then she gave the gun to assistant director Dave Halls, and then Halls gave the gun to Alec Baldwin. So now there's this longer line of you know who was responsible for the live rounds. Was it was it this guy? Was it the armorer? Was it the assistant director? Was it Baldwin? This just keeps getting longer and longer. A lot of people screwed up. There are lawsuits. I didn't mention that in the last, in the last episode, but there are lawsuits already, but no criminal charges. This one keeps getting crazier. <laughs> I'll keep you all updated on uh, what else happens. All right, and finally, the wife of notorious Mexican drug lord El Chapo was sentenced to three years in prison for helping him smuggle drugs into the U.S., and for helping him escape from prison. Emma Coronel Arispuro, 
was a beauty queen before El Chapo, a.k.a. Joaquin Guzman Loera, married her on her 18th birthday. She got a lighter sentence, relatively lighter sentence, only three years, because she was just a cog in the multi-billion dollar operation and not one of the masterminds behind it. So, yeah, and apparently she cooperated in her own prosecution. So I think they're saying that she didn't really rat anyone else. Maybe they're saying that for her safety, but yeah. She was just she was just kind of there, someone who helped out. Joaquin Guzman, of course, is serving a much longer sentence after he was convicted a few years ago of drug trafficking. Hopefully he won't escape from prison this time, but he, he's in an American prison now. He escaped from Mexican prisons before. And that is about all for this week. Share the podcast with your friends. Share it with your enemies. Help me grow this audience. Help me spread the word of Crime and Court USA. Check out the Patreon page, patreon.com slash USA. Throw me a few bucks a month if you can, but if not, you know I appreciate you guys just listening to the show. All right, guys. Until next time, my name is Mundo, and I'm out. Peace.